In the Trenches with Ryan Roxy. Hello, 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 everybody. My name is Ryan Roxy, and welcome to another episode, another live stream episode of In the Trenches. So here we go. Wow, I can see my computer in the background. Well, if you're just listening to this on your favorite platform, whether it's Spotify or Apple Podcasts, uh, get your butt over to Facebook Live or get it over to YouTube Live so you can see our lovely mugs today over here on In the Trenches and be a part of the live chat. So I can see there's a lot of people already showing up. I appreciate that. Thank you very much. And uh, if you are on YouTube right now, just hit that subscribe button right away so we can get things going. And today's live stream In the Trenches podcast will feature American rock and roll band. I love saying that. Just American rock and roll band because you know what? I play in a classic rock and roll band But this guy plays in what will become classic rock someday. But right now, it's the real deal, just current rock and roll. Because I can't think of that many bands that are just going head-on, guitar-driven, straight ahead. They've been doing it for many, many years. The band I'm talking about is Hailstorm. And the guy who I'm interviewing today is the guitar player of that band. Would you please welcome to In the Trenches, Mr. Joe Hottinger. Hey, welcome to In the Trenches. Hello, what's up, Rocky? Good to see you, man. How you doing, Joe? Good. Well, Never I better. mean, you know, apocalypse and everything, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> just dealing with the apocalypse. Hello to everybody that's in the chat room right now. Appreciate you guys all being around. Um, I do have just to, just to start off with. I have a um, a two part question, really quick, just yeah. to get it out of the way. Uh, part one is: Have you um, ever? really been in an actual hailstorm and uh part two of that question is what is the stupidest question that's ever been asked on an interview to start with <laughs> have you ever been asked like a question that Man. ridiculous has it happened no i don't actually i don't think anyone's ever asked if we've actually been in a hail i think i feel like everyone's been in a hailstorm you know like it's just that happens at you we were just in one <laughs> I think it was maybe that, was it the night of that uh, tornado? Nashville had a real bad tornado. Oh, yeah. Beginning of March, that's, right where jo- that's where Joe and the band, uh, the, the the rest of the band with Lizzie. Does RJ also live in Nashville as well or not? RJ does now. He used to be an L.A. guy, but now he's in Nashville. Ah, okay. And then as well as um, as, as well as Josh? Is, is Josh, he, yeah, Josh living- is here. So the yeah, whole band here. based out of Nashville, and I do remember that storm. I don't was it a hailstorm? Was it an actual tornado? And that took yeah, out there was a tornado. Maybe it wasn't that one. I don't know. I'm getting my story. There's a bunch of storms this spring. Um, that was a gnarly one. That tornado one. We we lucked out. It didn't hit us. It rained insulation down from all the buildings. It tore up like all around us. It was trippy. It took out <laughs> one of the one of the favorite clubs that I know that a lot of rock and roll bands got their start and played through. Even the Goon Squad played there on our last tour through Nashville. Uh, the Basement East got uh, yeah. taken out, and it did. It's I saw it's mostly the walls are built rebuilt. It's that's good. Kind of cool looking. That's they left the old walls that left were left standing up and kind of just built around it. It's neat. <laughs> A couple of the guys actually told me that had were there in the building when it happened that night. I go, where did you go? Because I saw the roof got ripped, you know, ripped off. And they were, 
we were in the basement. <laughs> they were actually in the basement at the basement east. Yeah. So there it goes. That was not my first question, though, but now we've heard it from your mouth. You actually have been in a hailstorm. And I just thought that that might have been asked at least once or a thousand times at this point. No, that was that was great. Uh, you're the first. It was a great I, way to I kick it off, that. huh? Yeah. <laughs> well, you know what? Usually within the trenches, I love to dive in right away when especially when I have a guitarist on the show and um, just sort of get into guitars and why we play them you know who we listened to growing up and I will get into all that stuff but I will say at one point in the uh, interview I put it up on the Instagram stories today I said hey you got a question for Joe and so many good questions came in so if you don't mind a little bit later we're going to take some uh, questions in from the people that are listening to it at uh, in the chat and maybe awesome. in their car right now because people can actually walk around and sort of get back into life a little bit now. I mean, I know Nashville is one of those towns that's actually opening up right now, right? Yeah, we're in the phase three uh, yesterday, which phase, you know, I, I guess that means you can sit at a bar now. You can, uh, more people are allowed in the restaurants. I don't know. There's There's a bunch of rules. A phase, yeah. I mean, the thing about me, because my, my wife is from South Africa, and South Africa has five phases. So I'm not sure how, do you even know how many phases are going on to reopen? And is it universal throughout uh, the United States, all the phases, or is this just a Nashville thing? Um, this is just Nashville. Tennessee's, I think, fully open. Every, I feel like everyone's um, kind of was left on their own here in, in the U.S. to make their own decisions, for better or worse. I don't know. I don't do politics, but yeah, party on. But yeah, we're in phase three of four, and you know, it is what it is. I don't know. I'm not, I'm still not really going out. If we go out, I got a mask, but I'm not just going to hang. I'm, I'm, I'm like you. I'm I'm just not going out because I I kind of have everything I need right here in my son's bedroom. That sounds uh, weirdly creepy, but no. <laughs> I mean, I've turned my son's bedroom because he's staying at his mom's house for the most amount of time. But I've turned this into my recording studio, my rehearsal studio, my filming studio. So yeah, that that's what it is. And, and I can see you guys. Uh, yeah. I know I know that that Lizzie does her show uh, Raise Your Horns on the uh, We Are Here YouTube channel. Of course, I see a lot of people that are getting thumbs up for that. Um, if you haven't checked out Lizzie's show yet, raise your horns. You must go do that. Um, but she films it and, or tapes it and films it from your, is this your rehearsal studio? Yeah, this is, this is our basement actually. Um, this is your basement. Okay. Yeah, we just, we kind of turned it into our sound cave and we filled it with guitars and gear and brought one of RJ's old drum kits in. And uh, before, this whole pandemic thing happened. We were down here pretty much every day, just working through music and working on the next record, I guess, really just writing songs and jamming and kind of making that sort of thing happen. But uh, yeah, we haven't, we haven't hung out with those boys since March now. And it's sad. I miss them. I miss everybody. I miss our crew. I miss traveling. I miss you. Uh, you know, we're, we're going to talk about, well, why don't we just dive into it? For, for those of you that did not come out last summer and see the Alice Cooper hailstorm and uh, what was our third band? Um, they were three. Uh, motionless, uh, and white. motionless and White. Yes, yes. That was a great triple bill. That was one of those triple bills that I would I would have gone to see, you know, regardless, oh, even if I wasn't oh, there. Oh, yeah. So we enjoyed ourselves immensely. I, um, I found out that Hailstorm is the band that likes to hang. 
Alice Cooper is the band that likes to bolt. Or actually not the Alice Cooper band, because the Alice Cooper band likes to hang. But Al, the Alice Cooper man himself, he's got to get to the next golf course. But Hailstorm, you guys like to hang. And how did that tradition start with you guys? I mean, that's all, I don't know. That's all we're ever doing. If we're on stage, we're hanging. You know, we, we just like to have a good time and make each other laugh and so we bring like party tools out on the road. We got we got Steve. He's a road case. Um, <laughs> I was going like to bring up Steve. Yeah, whiskey bar, but like a turntable full of records, and it opens up into like two different speakers. And Steve's always the party starter. You know, we we got him a few years ago now, and oh, he's just the best. It's it's so great to be able to listen to you know put records on when we're on tour. That's one of the things that we like. We, we listen to records all the time anyway. You know, so it kind of helps. Yeah make tour a little bit more home-like, you know? I remember that you would always bring in Steven. For those of you that don't know who Steve is, uh, Vic, our producer, um, always helps me out with these things. Vic, can you take a bring up a quick picture of Steve? Oh, you don't have it. Well, okay. So a lot of times I ask Vic for stuff and I see him backstage just shaking his head. But no, I just ask him for stuff on the fly and he, he just puts his hands up like, what the hell? No, but <laughs> for those of you that don't know, Steve is this huge road case that is has basically become, would you say, the, the fifth hailstorm, like the fifth beetle in, in, in a sense? Oh, yeah. He gets his own dressing room. He's <laughs> He's a diva. He's there before the shows. He's there after the shows. And um, there's it's always stocked with some sort of special liqueur, alcohol that, that from whatever town of the band Hailstorm you know, is playing that night. There's a lot of gifts, I think, that, that get there. Yeah. Um, I'm actually wearing a gift from uh, Storm Chaser. I think you know Storm Chaser as well. So oh, yeah. uh, he's been known to bring some gifts to Steve, offerings, if you will. But uh, yeah. it's basically vinyl player you have a full-on old school stereo system and that thing just cranks before and after the shows right yeah we've always got it on you know and that, that's like i always start out with like five or six records and start off a tour and then every day if the if the show is near a record store or I, sometimes i'll even take the runner if there's a good record store in town and just go record shopping in all these different towns look you know i don't like buying the records that I want online, like you can find anything online, you know, but that to me, it's about the hunt. You go in there and you start searching. I got a list. I got my whole Discogs page with every record cataloged. That's right. So, Vinyl yeah. Hunter. Well, do, yeah. You know, that sounds like a, that sounds like a sideshow in itself. That just sounds like something <laughs> you could just take a couple GoPros and you're the Vinyl Hunter on the road for sure. That'd, that'd be fun. Do it before someone else takes it. it. I, don't, I would, I would need a team. I'm not, I can't, put all that together well, <laughs> you can't take vic our producer because he's busy looking up uh, pictures of steve and stuff like that i know that <laughs> <laughs> so the thing about you guys is that you've been in the trenches because it's perfect that you come on the podcast in the trenches because you have been playing for years you know basically you joined the band in 2003 so yeah. but you've constantly uh just grinded it out right you just constantly been grinding it out but now that you're at the point where you can afford hotel rooms every single night or not, or you can just, you know, live and travel at a certain level, I see a lot of times you guys like to hang after the show and just sleep in the bus and just and then go to the venue the next oh, day. Yeah. Is that is that something that's that's just more like routine and work ethic, or is that something that's sort of close to the ethos of the band? Um yeah, I I don't see a point in us getting like a ho if there's a if there's two shows in a row, three shows in a row, and 
you know, we play the show. I don't see a point in going to a hotel and leaving that hotel in the morning to get to the next show. We, you know, I like sleeping on the bus. I sleep well. Um, I like having my stuff there and, and, you know, plus leaving that night if something goes, like we've been in buses that have broke down in the middle of the night, (laughs) you know, you barely make it to the show and, you know, we want to, we want to be at the show and wake up at the show and, Plus our tour manager and uh, a few crew people ride with us on our bus, and they're the first ones in every morning usually. So <laughs> I respect that. Be there. I respect that so much, Joe. Just do me one favor: don't ever, ever speak to Alice Cooper about that, <laughs> because I really do like having a single room going on tour with Alice. Don't even think about, don't talk about camaraderie of doubling up and all that stuff. Cause trust me, I've been on enough club tours where, you know, three, oh, four yeah. people in a hotel room. But I, I, but I do definitely respect that you guys, you know, you are a family, you're a traveling family. And this brings me to my next point because in a lot of ways, you joined up with the Partridge family when you first joined up the band. And, and for those of you, maybe Vic, you can put up a picture of the Partridge family. Do you have that? Oh, <laughs> there it is. The one. Well, that. But that, hold on. But that's not the, that's, that was when Josh just joined the band, right? Or was it because? No, that was, I think that was maybe the second album. Yes. Like uh, 2012, that picture. But Josh joined uh, you know, a few months to a year after me. Okay. But what I but what I was going for was that at one point you played gigs with Lizzie, Lizzie's brother, Lizzie's father. It was the Partridge family. Did you have <laughs> where was Ruby yeah, Kincaid yeah. in this? How did that work out? Lizzie's dad wasn't playing in the band anymore when I joined, but okay. like mom and dad were there. Damn. And it definitely Partridge family. You know, dad was doing sound. We had our PA and we'd go, roll into these random bars in the middle of Pennsylvania and set up the PA and dad would Raj would do sound and drive the van and mom was there selling t-shirts and you know, just everyone was just working. It's just a band family. It's, it's I awesome. love it, man. I mean, I grew yeah. up on the Partridge family. People always ask me, who's your, one of your biggest guitar heroes? And I would say Keith and everyone would say they'd assume Keith Richards, but it was actually yeah. Keith Partridge. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So like I say, grinding it out, you know, working your way up, do you have any advice for these up and coming bands of how they, how to sort of do it now with the tools that they have? Obviously, 2020 is an anomaly. Maybe it's going to yeah. be a new normal coming up. But if you could give some sort of guidance about new bands and how to break themselves. You know, I, I only know what we did and every band is different and every story is different. But really, it all we were doing was playing, just playing every night and if we didn't have a gig we were playing in the hail basement and pa just working on our show and and uh, the thing that we focused on most was moments that's all you know it's still what we focus on it's not much has changed us included it's just everything around us has changed but you know moments are what matter to me in a live show and by a moment i mean like like a great moment that we've had we have and use sometimes like lizzie walking out acapella or starting a show just her and it kind of like makes everyone go wait you know kind of focus in a little bit like wait this isn't normal what's going on and you come in in a certain way or the drum solo or you know even you know you build them into the songs and lizzie has a big scream that you know we climax on or you know there it's just moments and building those into sets you know whatever right 
just doing anything to get a cheer, you know, like cheering is the currency, you is, know, is the set list consistent every night or are you switching it up every single, every couple nights? Oh, we change it every night. And really? I, just cause it's, we have to, we did, we did a tour. I think at the start of this last album cycle, we're like, Hey, we built a really good, strong set list. Let's just do this every night. And that lasted like two, three weeks, maybe at most before we got just, we were just bored out of our minds. Right. Right. Well, <laughs> and, you know, this is not to drop names, but we we were, we were talking to Billy Corgan once about that. Cause he was saying it, it was on that last tour that the big tour of the pumpkins did. And right. it was amazing. There's always moving set pieces. It was like a two or three hour show. It was really well done, but he was doing the same set every night. And, uh, he was like, yeah, it was the first time in the pumpkins career. We've done the same set every night. Cause we were always kind of loosey goosey. And he said that he was talking to Pete Townsend about it. And, and the who always does the same set for a tour he, and the logic being, and this makes total sense. He's like, you know, if it's a good crowd and a good night, you know, if, because you know where they're going to cheer. And if they're not cheering in all those spots, you know, something is weird with the crowd and maybe it's not you or <laughs> right, <laughs> like right. good if, if you want to do it that way, but we get too bored. Like I, I, I could tell like three weeks into the same set, you kind of look back and RJ's like, checked out <laughs> well he knows his stuff right by. so it's, it's it's good to be on your toes then you're saying yeah no like and you know we screw it up all the time lizzie will start the wrong song and i don't know the right we're like oh no we got <laughs> hold on you know or rj will start i've i'll start it wrong we've all done it and whatever that's a rock show that's part of the fun of it well when you talk about those moments it, i saw somewhere when i was doing research for this uh for this video or for this interview with you. Again, you're listening to In the Trenches podcast with Ryan Roxy. Our guest today is Joe Hottinger from the band Hailstorm, everybody. And if you are listening to it on to any of the other platforms that you can't see us, uh, make your way on over to YouTube Live and watch us uh, on video and become part of the chat as well. Um, I was going to talk about the moment that I perhaps Lizzie was starting the show a cappella. But then something happened where you guys got nominated for a Grammy during the set or something. Oh, and yeah. How did that, and what did happen with that story? That was Madison. Um, we were in Madison playing. Madison, Wisconsin, where you're from. Yep. Was it a hometown gig or something? Um, no, not for me. I'm, I'm from the east side of Wisconsin, but I, did we have family there that night? Probably. We usually have family. <laughs> we Who are you, um, Joe Metal? I'm from the east side. <laughs> Yeah, look at he's out with Wisconsin. What's up? <laughs> All right. So, so but, uh, but what what were we doing that night? Oh, that was right in the middle of the show, and Lizzie was doing a acapella piano or not acapella, but just turn piano, kind of a solo thing. And um, I I went off because we always walk off and kind of we call it the the Miller Lite halftime show. Have a beer, Lizzie. Right. I like to put, I like to put the piano part and then the drum solo one after another. Then you know, you got well, a, nice, a long nice long break. break. Yeah. yeah, wow. Well, I remember <laughs> the, the the singer of Deep Purple, Ian Gillen. He used to take a nap during because he did that. I think he constructed it in such a way where it was bass solo, uh, keyboard solo, and drum solo. So he actually, when we played with them on a tour, he would take a little nap during that part. So it was good. I haven't. That's crazy. I haven't worked in nap times yet. I've, I've, I'm still working out outfit changes during Glenn Sobel's drum set, uh, drum solo. <laughs> but uh, I, I wouldn't be able to get my brain back together if I took a nap <laughs> in the middle of the set. <laughs> nap fog. Terrible. Right. So but what no, happened? So we were, I was back there, and my uh, guitar tech Justin at the time 
showed me, he's like, hey, I got a text from Mike at front of house, our tour manager and sound guy. He's like, you guys got nominated for a Grammy. And I was like, shut up. No, we didn't. I, I truly didn't believe him. So I like pulled out my phone and went to Google to double check him. And I was like, oh my God, we did. And Lizzie was still, hadn't started the song yet. She was still talking to the crowd. Right. And uh, I, I just ran out there. I was like, Lizzie, <laughs> Lizzie, <laughs> we got nominated for a Grammy. And the, there was a girl in the crowd that took, a picture at that exact moment that um, I told her, and it's such a good picture, you know. Lizzie's. I think Vic has that. Vic, do you want to put that picture up? <laughs> you got it, Vic. <laughs> Come he on, he doesn't have it. You don't know. He's, just, put, he's just putting his hands up in the air. That's like for for those of you that can't see backstage, you can see a man losing his mind because everything I asked for him today, it's like, no, you don't got that. Oh, okay, no problem. <laughs> That's awesome. I wish we had it, but you know what. <laughs> There it is. It's not the, there it is. there's the partridge, the partridge family. family. There, Nailed the, it. Early hailstorm. There you go. Early, <laughs> early days of hailstorm. Uh, and then, and then Joe came in and Josh came in and there it is. There's our illustrious oh, producer right there. Vic. Steve in the back. And there's Steve in the back. Wow. You can see it. And, and you know what? Is that, is that go back to that picture real quick? Because I, I think I see hand sanitizer on there. Were you guys early on the hand sanitizer? Cause this must have been last year, year before that. So yeah, no, we always, Steve's got hand sanity. He's, you know, we, you shake a lot of hands in rock and roll. And <laughs> he's, I'm a, you know, he's been COVID ready for, for like years before he's been, or maybe that was just one of the drinks that you guys serve. Yeah. That's, a, that's <laughs> if there's alcohol in it, we'll drink it. <laughs> Kids do not try that. Do not okay. try that. I know you already have, but don't, please don't try it again. <laughs> So I was thinking about talking about the fact that you guys are, you know, I play in a classic rock band. You guys are definitely going to be someday the classic rock genre, right? Yeah. You're going to take that place. But now you are going full guitar driven straight ahead. You don't use any sort of, um, there's, there's no modeling amps. There's nothing really, it's, it's loud on stage, just so you know, folks. And because I, I, we, we got to tour with Hailstorm, with Alice Cooper Hailstorm last summer. And Hailstorm, how, how should I put it? They use real amps and they use, and they use them really loud. As you can see in the re rehearsal studio right there, there's a lot of great old marshals. And your trick, well, was it, and have you always done this? You turn your, amp, your amplifier boxes backwards so they go actually i call them um tech tech technician drive craziers or whatever oh, yeah. <laughs> did, did your technicians would always go oh what the or, you know at least our technicians alice cooper like joe's on stage again because it was so loud <laughs> but how yeah. did you learn that trick of turning your speaker boxes backwards was it so you could turn up more less separation on stage how did that work yeah, it was really just you know these these old Marshalls sound best just cranked you know and two eleven getting that getting that sound it it's usually louder than the PA when they're turned up and I I don't I put them to like six you know six seven between six and seven that's pretty and loud that is, yes yeah, usually louder than the PA and uh, <laughs> so of course Mike our sound guy is just like you can't do that <laughs> like that's not or you know and I want to you know I want us to sound good I'm not going to be like oh fuck you man i'm putting you know I'll do what i want no. but uh so yeah we just turned it around and mic it backwards and i i have another cabinet on the stage i, I don't know if i did on the alice tour just because of uh 
we are in front of you guys. But on our headline shows, if we have the room, I have another cab, like Bruce Springsteen style. It's it's laying on the ground, back down, but just up just a tiny tilt, you know? That's so nice. I can kind of walk over there, and if I really want to feed back and okay. get the loop going. But and, as far as vocals go, you have joined sort of the masses with in-ears, or do you Yeah, not? we have in-ears. Okay. I have, we have regular monitors too, but is, is we, it about we feeling the? Is it about feeling it for me? It's, it was always about just being able to feel the music, or or was it just that you know that you're playing loud and if, and that's enough? Um, no, it, it, there's a difference. I've tried I've tried one of the modeling amps before, quite a few years ago. Um, I just dove in head first and plugged it in. You know, I was like, I got my sound. Here we go, and like started the show. And it was I I was like, oh my god, I've made it horrible mistake <laughs> like there's like the, i think i think the way that the guitar reacts around that sort of volume is what i'm used to playing and when that was gone and i know i can get cabinets and blast it out but when that sort of thing was gone it was i mean i i, I could barely keep up I, I don't know it totally freaked me out have you enjoyed the the switch or the trends transition from clubs up into arenas and oh yeah you know they're they're all fun for me i just like playing rock shows but but the you know the arenas are fun there's a different energy there for sure and you got space and there's way more space backstage and room for steve and <laughs> every show <laughs> very important steve. <laughs> but uh no it's you know the club shows are fun too we still do some clubs we we finished out this last album cycle like in japan we did two club shows and uh they were awesome. They were so much fun. There's such a great energy in the crowd. And, and, uh, you know, it really does take me back to a few years ago and, or even when we started out and just that feeling of being that close, you know, you can just touch everyone. It's, it's awesome. Well, what I like about the band most is that even though you've joined, you've been in the band since what, 2003, 2004, and you've been this consistent lineup since then, it still feels like you're growing album after album. And, that's a, a true sign because you're you could be considered a veteran band if you were actually formed in Los Angeles you would have been like a you know way veteran band you would have broken up three times by now right but uh, the fact that you guys have still have that feeling of of go of going uphill is is really impressive to me and, and I really do you know appreciate that about you guys thanks man yeah it's you know we are growing like Lizzie and I have a, I think we got four or five new songs now that we really like. And uh, we've written like 20 or 30 or I don't even know how many, just so many, but there's four or five that we're for sure. We're like, all right, we, we're on to something here. And, uh, and they're exciting because they, they are different. You know, we didn't exactly know where we we're going to go on this next record that we're writing. We still don't totally know where, but it's, it's a little bit, the haze is clearing, you know, the fog is clearing right. and it's starting to reveal itself. And, and it's, you know, it's rock and roll music and it's, it's exciting and it's, it's very us and hailstorm, but it's a different flavor of us. And mm. I, I don't know, I, I don't think we could do the same thing over and over again. And it, we, we, we actually did that before this, the last record. Um, what was the last record called? Vicious. <laughs> no, but uh, we had like a record written and it was good, but it was kind of rehashed everything, you know, and, I see. We just couldn't, we couldn't do it, and we we showed it to Nick, our producer, and he was like, "This isn't the record I want to make with you guys." And we're like, "Thank you. This is not really the record we want to make either." I know our team is pumped about it, but like 
we can't do this. And we just scrapped it and started over and totally worth it. Do you feel that perhaps now you guys all being together in Nashville for this period of time, and it is a weird period of time, but the fact that you guys are all going to be meeting in that basement jamming, do you think that there's going to be something like going back to go forward in a way? Cause be, now you're all again, one big family. Oh all yeah, totally. The basement jamming. I mean, there, there was a few records there where we didn't, nobody had a basement we could jam in, you know, and we didn't want to spend the money to, we get in a rehearsal room occasionally, but that was usually just before a tour or something. So with jamming with no agenda, just the four of us down here is totally fun. And like the first like 10 songs we wrote and re- recorded, they're not, there's some good ideas in them and they're, they're fine, but they're not the ones, but we, we, Lizzie and I were going through them last night, kind of check you know, re going through all our work. And right. um, it was so funny because they reminded me, of a lot of the early songs we used to write in the basement in like 04, 05, and like a, some of the similar moments. And we're still the, you know, you could just hear that we're still the same people. And I thought it was great. I was like, oh man, that sounds like an old Red Lion PA jam, you know? And <laughs> that's great. <laughs> it is, man. That really is. And, and I trust when we were on tour together, I would, you guys would always jam before the show and, maybe sometimes you do a couple songs or maybe it was some of the songs that you would just added into the set for that night. But there would also be a, a, there would always be some sort of massive jam before you guys actually hit the stage. Yeah. All of you guys. Yeah. (laughs) You know, we always take at least like 10 minutes and just go pure improv together before the show, just to, you got to get that part of your brain. We have a bunch of improv moments in the show where, we don't know, you know, we, we, we just play, you know, especially with guitars and guitar solos. It's so much fun, to creative, melodic, you know, um, improvisation on guitar and just trying to trying to make moments together, speaking the language that only the four of us speak. And we, we do it before the show just to get those wheels turning and get the hands warmed up. And it, it was super helpful once we, you know, especially once RJ got his, uh, actually got like a little bit of a real kit back there. He was just on pads for a while and then right. all of a sudden it kind of came to life, you know? And oh, yeah, it was, it was a full on jam. Trust me. And and because of sometimes the rooms that they would put us up and split us up in on tour, uh, sometimes the jam room and Steve's room would be right next to ours, which was convenient for us after the show. Cause we could just like open the door and we're in Steve's <laughs> world. But then uh, honestly, before the show, we get to hear a lot of your ideas. <laughs> that's, a, that's a nice way of putting it right the yeah, that's, that, that, is, that is a nice way of, of putting it <laughs> so clear out the backstage because we have i'm going to bring out a question from uh, that i put out there today i asked hey ask joe a question and there was one about your, your favorite guitar and uh why and i see that you have a ton of guitars around you right now and yeah. our producer vic has been putting out a lot of guitars uh pictures of, of you with different types of guitars what is your favorite guitar and why does that one speak to you or, or do you have one yeah, this I, is from Justin, Justin's Trudwick underscore guitarist. That's his Instagram. So follow me. And I, like. I, it's, it's hard to pick one, you know, there's, I've got like, I've got like my top five that I just, I love to death. And um, there's one right here. 
Well, I get lambasted for bringing seven guitars out. How many guitars do you bring out between you? How many do you get out? Do you do you get to bring more guitars out than Lizzie because um, she has to share stage left? Or with yeah, them? I bring out more. I, I bring out like I think there's ten in the vault, and then maybe usually two to five also on top of the vault. And See, I hope so, my yeah. guitar tech warranty is listening to this because he has ten, and I only I only have seven. I, I'm 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 very very gracious. So what is that one? That's a a nice green SG. Verdero green SG custom. Um, Why Verdero green? Uh, it's that's the name of the color. I guess it, what car they used it on a car like an old muscle car in the seventies. Would it be a Rodero or Trans Am or something? Okay. Um, And I I just like green, green, green guitars. It's my favorite color. And, you know, some, some sort of green guitars, you're like, Whoa, but this color, I think they kind of nailed it. I like the darker green. And there's a gift from our buddy, Dave rumor. Um, He's way too generous. That's a nice, you know, it's a classic green. I, I know you know Tony Higby at Guitar Center. In of Nashville. course, yeah. Tony Higby's a like great my, guy. He's like a crack dealer. He, <laughs> he's a guitar you know, crack he dealer. He knows what I like, and he just orders these guitars. And we're like, oh, Joe, check this. So he just sends me a text. I'm like, you got to You stop that. Was the first one free? Did he give you the first one free? Because if that's the case, then you know where you're up against. <laughs> but it, it got me hooked. But there's a few. This one. All right. I love just the spinning gaming chair that you have. You know what I want? I want a good gaming chair. Maybe Vic, you can uh, send me a gaming chair for my birthday I for doing this. I love a picture of a, the gaming chair. That you <laughs> can you? I love the three thirty-five and with the nice three forty-five. Three forty-five is a little bit. Uh, why? Because it has the tone master switch, the, the tone switch. Very axe. Is that what it's called? Very no, the very tone. Very whatever. Is this is actually one of 200 that Gibson Memphis made. It's the Freddie King wow. 345. And it's got the fattest neck. And I love big fat necks on Gibson or any guitar, really. But this thing sounds so good. For those of you keeping score at home, if you know a thing about uh, when you say a 50-style neck, a 50-style Gibson neck versus a 60-style Gibson neck, 50-style would be that baseball bat, really thick type of neck. Yeah. And that's apparently Joe Hottinger that's his that's basically a fetish of his a baseball bat that's type of neck, neck. <laughs> yeah they all, mo- almost all my guitars are big fat neck guys and there it is and, and there that must be yeah. the videro green of the car look at this joe look at vic our producer Very he put cool. up a car of the, uh, he put up the actual color of that car wow i'm impressed you know what? That's, that would go well with the SG. Get that one. Yeah, it would. I need, I need one. Hey, Lizzie, are you listening? <laughs> hey, man, you got it. Can you can you paint your uh, Tesla that color? That would be good. Rodero <laughs> green, would be cool. wouldn't it? So b- before we turn this into a complete Nigel Tufnell interview, where you start <laughs> showing the guitar with a you know tag on it and I can't even look at it. I can't even touch it. Move on to the next one. Um, I already did ask what the origin of Steve was, but there was another question from at Joseph King. And this was kind of a funny one. I thought this was great because of what we're sort of doing now. It was the question was, who do you relate most to um, Andrew Ridgely, John Oates or Sonny Bono? (laughs) And that was at Ed Joseph King. You can follow him. Uh, don't look for him. He's not there. But um, it was a little bit of a, I don't know. I got to go with Oates on that one. Okay. Okay. Um, only one. I, I fucking love Hall & Oates. I think they're just outstanding. 
Okay. And um, and one one Halloween, Lizzie and I, our friend Tish from the Dead Deads, has, they do karaoke. So you have to come dressed up as the people that you're going to sing for the party. So we went as Hale and Jotes, and uh, <laughs> it was awesome. We were, we were singing all kinds of good songs. I had a mustache and a bro. So you've been living the dream of John Oates for for a while now, not just oh, yeah, this question. <laughs> I'm invested in John Oates. <laughs> oh, for those of you, by the way, um, that, that don't know, in the band Hailstorm, there's another guitar player as well, and her name is Lizzie Hale. So there you go. Um, yeah. Moving along. <laughs> She's the less important one in the band. <laughs> there they are, the guitar yeah. duo. Now, let me ask you about that, because it is cool. Um, and, and again, you've probably been asked this about as many times as you've been asked if you've been in an actual hailstorm um how do you guys divvy up the solos of uh, uh we, we, when you have a song is it always two guitar solos per song or does someone say oh i'm taking this one or how, or do you guys go rock paper scissors um i don't you know we it's weird because sometimes like i'll write the solo and record it but then lizzie will play it live depending on you know, once we start hashing it out uh, in rehearsal before a tour, sometimes it makes more sense for me to play one part or if I'm in a different tuning and I got to play that and or she writes the solo. And, you know, it, it, it kind of it's more about the song than guitar solos for us. Like as long as it complements the song and the song is always number one. See, that's um, the right that's the right thing to say. And 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 the thing for us is with the Alice Cooper band, how we divvy up solos is what we mandingo wrestle. And uh, <laughs> to the death. <laughs> Actually, we can't we can't do it to the death because then it would be a two guitar player band or a one guitar player band, and then you know then what you, Alice would have to go find other guitar players. We don't want that. We like this lineup. No, yeah. <laughs> Not to the death. no Mandingo to the no. We kind of know what song someone's going to play that solo. So you said the right thing. It's it's all we it, it always is the song that's most important, and the solo sort of supports that. Yeah. Yeah. There's no like, yeah, it's whatever's happening. If I really want to take one, I know Lizzie would have no problem with it. If she like, Hey, I want to do this. I'm like, cool, do it. Whatever. Have you I got, have enough throughout the set. <laughs> no, no, there's a lot of music. There's a lot of, there's a lot of notes in a hailstorm set. Trust me. There's a yeah. lot of guitar notes and uh, there's a lot of soloing and it's a, it's a, it's an experience. It's a ride. There's no doubt. So I had a question for a, guitar beginners from uh kanak kivadi i know him as ken but kanak has the question the do's and don'ts for a beginning guitar player he originally said five do's and don'ts and i was like no we can't do five but if you could give like for a beginning guitar player what would be one do and one don't um practice to a metronome do is that a do okay yeah 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 you gotta you get like if you don't develop your sense of rhythm you're you're missing half the point of guitar playing what would be a good don't um i would say it's not like a rule of don't but you don't need to learn how to read music yeah i don't know how to read music i i learned i i mean i know i can i know what the notes are i would sit there and uh oh this okay and Every no, good fluent. boy does fine. F A C E yeah. in the middle and a tablature you can sort of get by. But I, I get what you're saying. I've always said that 
ear training is more important than actual knowing the notes. Yeah. And if totally. Mozart, Bach, and any of those guys had an iPhone back in the day, they would have just sung those hits. They're, yeah. you know, that da, 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 that would have been a vocal mem- voice memo. Voice memo, yeah. <laughs> that's my favorite way to, that's my like way of writing riffs now. I, I don't, I don't sit down and learn other guitarists, riffs or songs much anymore. Like rarely. Um, it's, I'm more interested in like, and, and it's occasionally I'll sit down and play a riff and I like, you know, I like it and it'll go in the, in the riff bank, but I like, think I got to think of it first. The good, the good riffs are like, I use my brain to write, not my fingers, you know, and, and then figure it out. Like where, all right, how do I play that? What's a way to play that? And that's, I've been enjoying it. That's like totally changed my style of writing and the way the music sounds. And it's more fun to me. Like you got to sing it first. You got to brain it out and then do it. <laughs> well, I love it. There you go. That's the do and don't for, for a guitar beginner. Um, I think voice memos and all that kind of stuff on your, that's the best way to catalog your ideas. And, and yeah. trust me, you should catalog your ideas, beginning guitar players out there, because if, if you don't, there's some other guitar player that's going to have that same riff years later and probably buy a house out of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Like, like riffs, they can disappear. I don't remember them. if I don't record it, I don't, it, it goes away forever, you know, and somewhere in the ethos. Do yeah. You, do you ever wake up with a good guitar riff and then occasionally? Yeah. Occasionally like I'll like, I've had like dreams where I'm writing songs with people and I've got the song going, I wake up with it in my head. I'm like, Oh, I gotta, I've actually come downstairs, like woke up in the middle of the night, ran down here and like put down an idea, an idea before. And yeah, I don't know. I was like, well, it happened in a dream. I don't know if it's a good song, but might as well do it. You went what all the way down to the basement to record on yeah. the. Uh, you went all the way down Run to the basement to record it. all the record on your iPhone. I love it. Um, this is one's come from Celine Ganon Flora. Your favorite hard rock riff, um, being that you don't listen to other guitar players all this all the time, but obviously there's a few old school riffs, go to riffs that you like. Is there any that you can think off the bat? Um, I, I always think of like that first Van Halen record and that, just that sound, oh, you shit. know, the them in their room. Yeah. The tone and you can hear the room and you can, the, there's one guitar doing it and it just, I, it sounds so massive to me and so awesome. And when he hit the flange comes on sometimes, you know, I don't know. There's so many, Eddie's so good. Obviously he's like well, the greatest of all time, but I, I look, I, I'm just happy at the fact that someone that's, you know, 10, 20 years. I don't even know anymore. Maybe 30 years younger than me. Um, 50 years younger than me has the same exact um, excitement about Van Halen 1 as I did. Because that when I first heard Van Halen 1, trust me, that was like life changing for me. It made, it made me hold my guitar pick between my first and, sec- and second fingers instead of first and uh, my thumb and my first. It was my thumb and my second finger now because I read in some sort of guitar player magazine before the internet, folks, before YouTube, <laughs> that, that that's the way he did his two-hand technique. So then I just picked that up. But th- that Do whole, you still do that? Um, on occasion when I'm really feeling it, when I'm feeling like, yeah, I'm gonna, I can, I can get, like, go on the solo. Because when you start doing a little trill picking... And for yeah. those of you that are listening to this on uh, Apple Tunes or Spotify, you're really missing out with my right hand going really fast, really fast. I didn't realize that that's how he did that with, with the middle finger. 
That's there you go. See? There's a little EVH knowledge dropped on I you. I learned some today. Yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. So okay, so Vic's just throwing out these questions, even though I was going to pre-curse them, I was going to sort of pre-up <laughs> them. He's just throwing them out there. All right, that's what a producer does. I like it. I like it, Vic. Yeah, it's great. So this is from Hannah Cope, 88. Earliest song you can remember from your childhood. Tell me it's a Van Halen song. <laughs> it's not. It's not. Partridge Family? No, Van Halen isn't what wasn't my gateway drug into rock. For me, it was Nirvana. Ah, Nirvana. There I you go. It. Early Nirvana. Early, right there. Look at Kurt. <laughs> it was before they were a trio. They were a much bigger band. Um, Vic, can you put a picture up of Nirvana? Do you know? Do you have it ready, Vic? <laughs> he doesn't. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> and for those no, of you but, driving yeah, in that car, was, like, what the fuck? Oh, there's the picture from uh, me telling Lizzie about the Grammy. Look at her face. Isn't her face great? That. That is a classic photo. It really is, folks. And if you are listening to this again on Apple Podcasts, you're really missing out on this episode because it's very visual. And, of course, you guys went on to win that Grammy, and it's uh, amazing. Look at that. Um, Even a blind squirrel finds a nut sometimes. Now, now hold on. Go back to that picture. (laughs) Did you, Joe... Did you have a little bit of a fascination with Dave Navarro at one point? Because no. I'm, I'm, I'm seeing a little Dave Navarro love right there, sort of an appreciation. I see that. Yeah, I've never heard that before, and uh, I see it too now that you bring it up. And Can you no, give me I've a little of that? <laughs> I'm sorry. We all had that haircut at one point because I think Johnny Depp, we thought it was cool at one point. You know, just all one length. I just want one length. Yeah. You know, I don't I don't even, I don't know what's cool. I've never known what's cool. I'm just <laughs> I haven't had a haircut now. And like, I don't even know the last time I got one. I couldn't tell you. It was last year, <laughs> which is a, which is a good way to segue into our next question, because it was about hair. It was about facial hair. And it comes from someone you may or may not know. I think he's from Sweden and uh, his name is Darren Edwards Sweden at dinner. How does one grow such an amazing beard? <laughs> I don't know if that was truthful or just spiteful because Darren, Darren always smells so good. Yeah, and you, you ever notice that when you he, Darren always smells good. I think it's because he's Australian, and and, yeah. and, and, and he, I, I'm not sure, but I, I've known him forever, and I've never really gotten that close to him to smell him up close. But he does. Oh, smell I gotta me. give him a hug next time. He's a good smelling fella. Okay, very okay. hug worthy. I miss Darren. He's he, Darren. We work with Darren in Sweden, and he's like, he's one of the great dudes of all time. He's like a real rock and roller and has been in it forever. He's in the guitars and, and apparently my beard. And uh, I like that, Darren. I, I think our beard grows better because I get to smell you every once in a while, but there it is. And hopefully uh, you and Darren together again at one point in 2021, have you guys yes. talked about that? Because it does look like 2020 is sort of, you know, I don't want to be all gloom and doom and stuff about this. And everybody wants to, you know, put a, you yeah. know, leg up and stuff but folks touring in larger venues as we've seen in the last couple days for one it might not be to capacity at all if there is if they even do allow it and how can you afford it so have you guys taught beyond that and is there 2021 plans right now in the mix yeah we're already making our 2021 plans we you know we i'd hopefully there's a vaccine or something by then. I, I just don't see rock shows like they used to happen happening until people so, feel safe. 
And I honestly, I, I wouldn't want to, you know, our crew is our family and I wouldn't want to put them in a dangerous situation. Right. Yeah. I'd feel terrible if one of our guys got sick or died or something, just cause we wanted to play a rock show, you know, or some fan got sick cause they wanted to see us play. Cause we just had to be out there. Like, we're not really interested in playing until we know it's safe for everyone. You know, it's gotta be a safe environment. And I know some people are going out and doing their thing and well, right on you do you, but we, we want to make sure everyone's safe. There it is. There it is. That's a good yeah. PSA coming from Joe Hottinger from yeah. the Van Hale storm. I like it. Um, <laughs> this is a question that I, I had and from Joanna Noel and uh, it goes back to a little bit more of the guitarists and what we were saying uh, about heroes. Who is the guitar player that you really looked up to as a kid, and have you been able to meet them yet? Oh, there's a few. Um, one of my favorite, they're still one of my favorite bands. I, I love Stone Temple Pilots, and like Dean DeLeo is such a ripper. Um, no and those, you know, they their music is so colorful. It's almost like Zeppelin and uh, with their chords and their just all the different variations that he does throughout are so good. If you haven't listened to the record Shangri La Di Da, it was the second to last one they did with Scott, but it, it, I think it came out in like 2000, 2001. It's about, got an orange cover. It is so good. There's so many, it's so musical. And there, there's like a, Brendan O'Brien produced it and right. there's some great acoustic tracks. Um, regardless, he's a ripper. And we, we actually, back in 07, we were out in LA trying to write the first record and um, we actually got Dean and his brother, Robert came to our little rehearsal spot at third encore and, and, uh, jammed with us for a few days. And it was awesome. Like I was geek and we had a few good jams. Like Dean was Dean plugged Lizzie's Les Paul just directly into the PA, no amp or anything. Oh, that's a and good tone. That's a good it, tone. <laughs> well, you know, it's in the, why not? It's in the fingers. Yeah. It's why not? Yeah. yeah. No, great. He's definitely, he's definitely one of the. You know, one of those guys that, that writes killer riffs, but not the household name. You know what? In fact, In the Trenches Worthy. He should come on In the Trenches as well. Oh, totally. I know, and he's a sibling. He, him and his brother are, are, are siblings. You you play with two siblings. Um, yeah. did, did you notice them back even th- in those days? Did they have sort of a special relationship between the two of them? Oh, yeah. They were communicating just by looking at each other. They had their thing going. Dean... Dean brought with him a 1956 Stratocaster and he was like, check this out. And I was like strumming. And he's like, Jimmy Page used this on the record presence. I was like, no way. <laughs> and he had Jimmy Page's Strat from the presence record. I was like, that's, it was mind melting. I was just like, how do you, how do you get like, I don't, I don't even know. That's just awesome. What was the album that was a little bit, I'm going to art school, art school, girlfriend. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. And the same. In, uh, the uh, songs from the Vatican gift shop. Wow. The Third fact record. that you know that one is great. <laughs> no, because that's yeah, I'm not good with album titles. I don't know how I pulled that one out, but <laughs> that was a good pull. Joe, that was a good fucking <laughs> watch me pull this album title out of a hat. Do no, it again. That, that's a cool record. That's when like Dean went to Fenders and more of a Fendery sound and uh-huh. you just hear it in the, the riffs and it and they had that really stonesy single down no 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 Graph. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, mean, I definitely um, paid homage to that riff. I think in an in an Alice Cooper album in two thousand four. 
Yeah, stuck uh, between high school and old school. That was the name of the title of the song. So if you want to go see, listen to a little bit of paying homage, have you ever paid? You know, you never want to say, "Oh, I totally ripped off that riff," but you are obviously influenced by certain riffs that you hear, right? Now, oh yeah, what 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 does Lizzie call it? It's like sometimes I know something sounds like something, but I can't place what it is, and it's actually not close enough. So it's still kind of ours, but like you're like. Why is that sound, you know, we, I call, we call it call paying like, homage. Yeah. We call it like the special filter or something that it goes through me and comes out in a totally weird way. But, uh, no, there's a few, like, I remember like that bridge and love bites before we wrote that section, I had been learning Lamb of God riffs, you know, just like, um, those dudes, the, the song in particular, grace has just like a, you know, just all over. And I kind of, I know that I totally paid homage on that. On that. And uh, <laughs> when we won the Grammy on that. I mean, we, we've said it, you know, that that song exists because of those great metal bands out there that absolutely we're, we're not, I don't think we're much of a metal band. We're, we're more of a hard rock. Like I don't feel like a metal head, you know, I don't, there's some metal that I like, but I'm not a total metal. I'm more, I'm more, I love like Tom Petty and STP. Right. Well, do, do you ever feel sort of like in that no man's land of territory? Cause you can't, put hailstorm in any sort I, I say guitar driven rock but you can't put hailstorm as a metal band you can't put it as a pop band but you guys seem to uh you're able to meld and when i say pop i mean guitar driven pop like foo fighter-esque yeah. type bands you seem to do a great job of of uh combining all the different elements of harder music, but still with pop sensibility and your crowd obviously is, is really inspired. You have a very young crowd. Um, not just, not just young female girls because Lizzie's the, the, the front woman of the band, but obviously that is an important part of the, of the movement for the band, but you have a young audience Totally. And that, yeah. that turned us when we went on the tour with you guys with, with Alice, that was really eye opening for us to see how many younger, you know, was what a younger generation was turned on to by guitar still to this day. Yeah. Thank you for doing Thank, that, by the way. Oh, no worries. Thank God kids are still listening to rock. Some of them are anyway. And I, you know, I don't think it'll ever go away. Old, old rock and roll. It's uh it's here to stay and it may become more and more niche, but, you know, we're making a living doing it. And uh, it, how lucky are we, you know, all of us get to play rock and roll for a living. It's killer. Well, that's true. Well, right now our living is is indoors and sort of recording stuff. You guys are lucky you have that basement to record that next yeah. album with. But you're also living on the uh, web with with Lizzie's uh, show that she has, uh, Raise Your Horns. Again, go check that out as well. But you have social media that uh, people can check you out as well. Um, yep. Vic, if we can put up those social media links and cover my ass. Uh, Joe, can you say them out for the people that are listening on the other platforms? Yeah, it's, it's the Joe Storm on Instagram and uh, Twitter too. And I guess, I don't know if it's the Joe Storm on Facebook. It might just be my name, Joe Hottinger. But uh, yeah, it's it's all out there. Easy to find. Very, I'm very Googleable. <laughs> is that even a word? Google-able. We just made it. You're, you're Googleable. Yeah. There it is. Joe Hottinger from the band Hailstorm. And he's been in an actual hailstorm before. But um, 
I just wanted to thank you for coming on. And if there's uh, anything else that you wanted to bring up or talk about, I mean, of course I could sit around and talk about, oh, I get, I get down in that rabbit hole. I go down in the equipment rabbit hole, but I take it you're a Marshall guy because I see yeah. a bunch of Marshalls in the background. You're a predominantly a Gibson guy, but you have a lot of other good choices of guitars. Um, the thing that I know a lot of beginning guitar players ask about um, are, are the simple things, and which they should. What types of, what gauges of strings are good? Because sometimes they're told by their guitar teacher that, oh, this, this gauge, you have to go heavier. No, you have to go super light. What do you play on stage, gauges of strings and gauges of picks and all that kind of stuff? So, yeah, we I use Ernie Ball strings, uh, 10 to 52s. Lizzie does too, which so it's basically kind of lighter, like 10s up top, but heavier on the bottom, which is great for the riffing and beefs, beefs out those lower strings a little bit. Um, and picks, I use the 0.73, so it'd be like the yellow Dunlop. But, um, yeah, I, I, I get them made from in-tune guitar picks. There they is. Whatever art. There's a good plug for you. Dudes over there. Yeah. And uh, Lizzie, what does Lizzie use? Not that yes, but she used the one, the purple ones, which is I think one point one four. But yeah, we get the in tune boys making them, and there any ball strings. Is there any sort else? of favorite? If, if, if in another question that um, that we would have any vintage guitars that are belong to other artists. Hmm. Um, there's a few around here. Lizzie has. What does she have? I'm like blanking right now. She's got she's got this really cool eight string bass that was uh, Tom from Cheap Tom Tricks. Tom Peterson, oh, I love it. Tom Peterson's and do I have it? I got I have like a '59 Les Paul Junior, but I don't think that belonged to anybody cool. You I'm had like, me at '59 Les Paul, but then you said Les yeah, Paul Junior. Yeah, then I had Junior. to Junior it out. <laughs> Man, there's there's a '59 Les Paul. Nashville has the best guitar shops in the world, yeah. and uh, you know. I like, I like, I've been to all the Japanese ones and those, there's some amazing stuff there, but it's just, it's too expensive over there. And they, they have a Carter vintage just put up a picture of a 59 burst. They just got in it used to belong to Kirk Hammett. And I was like, Oh man, I want it. Wow. Yeah. It's uh it, it looks awesome. It's $275,000. Is that it? All right. Buy two. Get out of here. <laughs> and, and then I didn't make it uh Romero. What is it? Romero green or whatever. Rodero Green? Yeah. Um, no, not, not Rodero. But no, I don't think, I don't, I can't believe I can't think off the top of my head, but well, no, I don't think I have any cool guitars that belong to other people. It was because I wasn't going to put that question up, but our producer Vic just put it up anyway. So there you go. I'm going to ask you a question that I think is, is yeah. pretty relevant right now to a lot of beginning guitar players that are, that listen to this show on in, in the trenches that we call them the Roxy Guitar Army, but now they're going to be called the... Uh, J.H. Guitar Army, the Joe Hottinger oh, yeah. uh, Guitar Army, um, is about if you had your, if you had a choice of only two effects that you could actually, two stomp boxes that you could have with you. And I got asked this question in a podcast and I thought it was very interesting because I really had to pick and choose like, hmm, what would I have? And so you have your guitar, you your favorite guitar, you got your tone coming out. And, you know, you're probably like me, a little bit old school. You don't want too much in between. But every once in a while, you want that, that sound. What two stomp box effects would you have? Um, if it two? was just straight up boxes, stomp boxes, one would definitely be a tuner. Yes. Yes. That's what I said. That was my first answer. <laughs> you got to have a tuner. You got to have a tuner. And um, the other one, lately, my the 
I've always used like a TS-808, you know, the Ibanez Tube Screamer. Yes, was the, my green, the green for... Tube Screener with a with a square sort of... Yeah, that forever that was my go-to. But like traveling around the world and renting different amps, like you never, every Marshall is different, you know? Right. And if I rent a Marshall in Japan or Australia or something, they'll sound totally different. And the Tube Screamer is great for like my 800 or just a certain type of thing, but it's not enough sometimes if the amp is lacking in gain structure or something. So I found this pedal. Uh, it's a, what is it called? It's the, it's a, do I have look, it here? Look around, dude. I don't know. We not, want, we want to see more of the gaming chair. Go ahead. It's a JHS. It's a JHS. It's a mixture of their, I think their angry chair. Is that what it's called? No. Something like the angry Charlie. Okay. And, and a boss, uh, blue is a blues master. It's kind of a combo of both. It's like an angry blues or blue chair, something like that. You should be but, a spokesperson uh, for them, then. Yeah, right. <laughs> I nailing it. But uh, but that that thing is amazing because you can pick between the two or blend the two overdrive pedals. And if the if you're on like a cleaner amp, you can kind of with that JHS overdrive like turn it into the Marshall sound that you need. You Everything know, and, that you need. All right, cool. Or you can get, you can tone down, you can bring the gain down and have it be a little bit more on the 808, the Tube Screamer side if the amp has the balls with it. All right. Kinda, so, it does everything. Swiss Army Knife. For all of you guys taking notes at home, that was Joe's answer. Mine would be a delay. Ah. And there you go. Yeah, <laughs> that's my answer. Delay. And just, I mean, you. We could have said delay because, I, but, but for me now, I, I didn't used to be the guy that liked delay. I used to be dry, dry, dry. I want to be Angus yeah. Young, you know, right side of the speaker. That's it. But then, you know, I, I got in a band with with a couple of guitar players, and one of them being Nita Strauss, who all of a sudden like, hey kind of sounds nice when you have some echo playing you know some yeah. echo on your guitar all the time and, and 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 let's just do it with three guitar players and boom so yeah i i'm sort of um you know when you heard me play before the show yeah i'm a little bit into the echo these days that's awesome <laughs> so there you go angry, the right pedal? angry chair is an allison chain song mike usnick says you mean angry, angry driver. driver there you, it is mike. There it is, president and CEO of um, the pedal company, Mike. No, actually, Mike is great. He has his own podcast called Pink Sock. I have to do my uh, obligatory shout-outs, of course. Shout-out to the Pink Sock and to Coffee Talk. Adika, apparently it's Stefan Adika, hyped me up today on his show, unless he's just lying. And um, we've been hyping up Joe Hottinger the entire time, and you guys have been sticking around. We really appreciate everything that you've uh, given us in the chat, all these great great questions. Um, we wish we'd have more time, but I can see my, uh, computer is about battery going down. So I don't want to go, you know, completely dead and I'm off the screen and Joe's like, what do I do now? So I'm going to have to wrap it up if it's cool. And, um, I, I think that, uh, hopefully 2020, late 2020, We'll hear more about the new album in 2021, Brand New Dawn. Great, everything good happening. Uh, anything else that you would like to say about the band Hailstorm and your other member, Steve? And Steve, this member Steve. Um, no, man, I, you know, I see a bunch of the Hailstorm fans down there chatting. I know Lizzie, Lizzie's in the chat, too. It's good to see everybody always. Um, it's been awesome talking to all these folks weekly now on Lizzie's show and 
and any other interviews. And we've been having a blast and I'm glad they're out there. They're making this whole pandemic a little easier. Absolutely. But, uh, I, I, you know, I can't wait to get back out and play. I think we, I don't know, I don't know if we have any shows left this year. I feel like they've all been canceled or postponed, but, um, but, uh, next year, man, I hope next year, I know we're booking them hoping that it's working out. So yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll keep the positive soon. vibe going. And honestly, yeah. if not, we're going to, we're rock and rollers and we're even more so we're guitar driven rock and rollers. So we'll figure out a way to get the noise to you. I think at one point, um, yes, we definitely got you guys here. I, I didn't know that Lizzie was in the chat the whole time, but she's, you know, moshing it up with everybody else there today. Thank you very much. Uh, make sure you go check out Raise Your Horns. Uh, are you making more special? Um, because I I actually did watch the show and you guys talked a little bit about uh, screen doors and shelving and uh, puzzles. I think you did. So if you want to hear oh, more yeah. about that stuff, of course, I mean, you did breach out, but... I don't want to throw you under the bus with that, but there, but there is some definitely stuff that I think more personal stuff than you and I were talking about. Oh yeah. Well, you know, that, that was a last minute. She was like, Joe, come be on my show. And I was like, all right, here we go. I didn't, you know, just dove into that. But I think next week she, what does she have on Friday this week? Uh, Phil and Jer from the rock and roll residency. And they play with Ace Freely and Gene Simmons and Love Phil's it. and accept their, their rock and rollers. Look, there's Lizzie. Some of my pictures. And is that but, is uh, that your guitar or her guitar? That's a nice one. That's her Supreme. She's uh, been writing on that thing. Nicely done. And uh, do you, yeah, she's got some. Do you have ones. a favorite guitar? Real, real quick. I mean, I know this is we're all wrapping it up, and everything sounds good. And my battery's going down to zero. But I, I got to know: is there a special guitar that you use to write songs with? Is there is it an acoustic guitar? Is it one of these guitars in the background, or do you have a go to? Like, I've got like thirty or forty guitars hanging on the wall down here, and I just like to. I like to see them, have them out, and they're, they're, that's inspiring to me. Like, you look at, like, this telly over here, this Rosewood telly, such a good guitar. Vic, can you pay a but, picture you know, of that? Can you pan up to that, Vic? Come on, no. Vic. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, you know, like, if you see it, that's inspiring to me. Like, upstairs, I have one of those Chris Cornell 335s. That is such a – I love that guitar, too, with the Filtertrons. And, right. you know, it's just whatever one – I grab. I find I find my Gibson Hummingbird that I have under the bed. I take it out whenever I want to have the acoustic guitar, and whenever the weather in you know Stockholm, Sweden allows for an acoustic not to get ruined, yeah. <laughs> you know. So I take it out. I say, it just it just always writes a good song. Sometimes it's not that I'm writing it. It's whatever who whatever ideas come down, that guitar I mean, plays the idea best for me. So that's my go to. And then you know, cool. I have a old. This is a '78 Cherry Burst that I love to bring on, and I always have it out as well. So awesome! Yeah. That's beautiful. Oh, I like the headstock, the little bursty headstock too. Yeah. Oh cool. no, this is this is you can tell it was '78 when they they bursted the neck, they bursted the the the, the, the back part as well. And cool. That, that's not that's not actually paid to be reliced. That was actually really rare <laughs> from somebody. Bought my dream guitar, my dream Les Paul, American made Les Paul. Uh, in Moscow, Russia. How about that? <laughs> Go figure. <laughs> Where, wherever it is, you gotta get it. Well, we've been chatting with American rock band guitar player, 
uh, American rock band Hailstorm guitarist in it, Joe Hottinger. Uh, he's been our guest on uh, In the Trenches with Ryan Roxy podcast. Uh, appreciate you guys hanging out for this live stream. Again, um, like I said, every single time at the beginning and probably at the end, if you haven't subscribed to the YouTube channel, please do so now or just tell some friends to do so. We keep on building up this community. Keep on building it up. There it goes. And uh, there it is. Thank you for, for giving the old point. That was good. <laughs> Again, we appreciate you guys listening, supporting, and uh, spreading the word. We will be, well, we are guitar nerds. There's no doubt about it. Would you consider yourself a guitar nerd? Uh, yeah, absolutely. There's only a few things I nerd out on. It's guitars and photography. Terry, I, that was the thing I wanted to talk about because I actually put a post up and I didn't even get to it. Vic was supposed to remind me. I asked him, I go, Vic, whatever you do, just remind me to hey. ask him about the, because it was about hobbies. And that, that was going to be my segue because I know that you and um, Lizzie, <laughs> you, you you make puzzles. I, I got that. And then you actually go screen door shopping. And um, apparently there's some beer drinking involved. But one of your big hobbies that you have is photography. And you shot... Uh, a bunch of shots of all of us in the band last year. You gave me one. I put it up on my Instagram as my post. Yeah. I think, Vic, do you have that picture? No. Okay. Um. <laughs> ah, there's my, there's this, my Safari uh, M10. Yeah. So that's the camera that you use to do this whole, your, your, your extra hobby. Yeah. I got a, it's just a, like a M10 P fun. I just got this a week or two ago. What's that? Uh, it's a M6 built in 1985. It's a film camera, so I'm kind of diving into film now. And I just got my first rollback yesterday, and it, it's amazing. You know, nothing beats the real thing. Is that some of your photos right there? Obviously, Vic yeah. uh, Vic Chalfont, uh, our producer, is also a photographer himself. So apparently, we have about a hundred photos of yours to show. Um, <laughs> there, there, there's a great shot of Lizzie right there, and. Um, a, I'm thinking you shot that with your Leica. Yeah. Yeah. I got a bunch of different lenses and it's, you know, I don't, it's one of those things. I don't know why I like it so much. I just do. And it's part of this creation thing. You know, it's like writing music and there's great satisfaction in creation. It's the opposite of destruction and obviously, and, but it like it, you know, like destruction can be depressing and bring you down to me, like being creative and creating things is a high, you know, and, mm -hmm. and that, uh, it's just fun for me. I, I love framing it and looking at pictures and collecting photo books. And, and luckily I have Lizzie around. I'm just like, Lizzie, stand there. <laughs> Lizzie, she's a good subject, right? She, yeah, she's a yeah. good, she's a good photo subject to have. Um, with with the new camera that you got, the film camera, for instance, uh, that's actual real film. Do you see the correlation of uh, recording on tape and you yeah, know, analog? Yeah, is is there definitely a correlation between that with with music and photography? Oh, it's totally similar in that sense. Yeah, the just like we like to use our the old amps on stage, you know, and right. tube amps and we don't use tracks or click tracks or anything. It's just, you just be what you put out there is. And that's, that's part of the fun of the film, you know, like not only does it look really cool and I, I'm in the middle of, I bought like 20 different types of 35 millimeter, you know, rolls of film to try. I just want to try them all out, see what they look like as I figure out what my favorite is. But, you know, like music, you, you know, 
you take it and it exists then. And there's no like digital, you can go back, you can erase, you can check it. And a film is like, you know, improv, you know, improv solo live, you know, you just, you take it and it is what it is. And that's what, that's what happens. Who develops it anymore? Who develops in the same sense that who actually records entire albums on analog tape? I know that some bands will go in and do the rhythm tracks and do bass and drums on two inch, but then they'll, you know, they, at one point, inevitably go to power tools or to power tools to power pro tools. to power tools. It's the newest in <laughs> recording technology, Pro Tools, and because because nobody wants to sit around and do a vocal take. I'm sure Lizzie doesn't want to. While the thing goes, okay, punch this yeah. one in again. <laughs> For any of you that have, don't know that sound, that's my impersonation of a 24 track recording machine. <laughs> I like it. That was good. Pretty good. Huh? No, but um. There actually, and I don't develop my own film. I'll get into that one of these days. Um, I'm, we got to write a record. I'll think about that later. Yeah. But uh, there actually, a, you know, Jack White is a big Nashville native and and a big connoisseur of anything analog. And at his Third Man Records, at his actual shop, he's got the Third Man Photo Studio. And there's a really nice kid in there named Andrew who's geeks out on anything film. So you can drop your film off with him. He'll he'll develop it scan the negative and send you the scans and you get to keep your negatives and awesome. they actually print um silver gelatin prints there too so once i get a few good ones i'll start making some prints and seeing seeing what that looks like you know who else who know else was into really into 35 millimeter photography uh the murderer in seven <laughs> my hero oh, that guy <laughs> love him i'm so glad we were able to, i'm so glad that, that you brought the photography up even though vic was supposed to remind me um but because it did it will close things in a very good light because we found out a lot about uh joe hottinger's biggest passions guitar and photography and of course jamming with Lizzie and Hailstorm and just continuing you making a living being a musician slash photographer slash yeah. murder. <laughs> you know, I'll develop your film. No problem. <laughs> so thanks again for being on the show. I appreciate it. Thanks everyone for hanging around. That was a little bit of a bonus. You know, like a lot of times we have a little bit of a bonus section. Yeah, the encore. That was the encore, man. Um, can't wait to see you guys out there again, and hopefully we grace the same stages or at least in the same yeah. towns It's at one point. Um, can't wait. We'll continue to do it. Hang on the line for just one more second while I uh, close things out. But, folks, again, uh, tell a friend, uh, subscribe, go check out uh, Lizzie's uh, Raise Your Horns show on the We Are Here YouTube channel, as well as subscribing to our own In the Trenches uh, podcast on the official Ryan Roxy YouTube channel. Um, we've been here with Joe Hottinger, lead guitar player of Hailstorm. Everybody, thank you so much, Joe. Thank you for being on the show. Until Thanks, next bud. time, enjoy the ride. See ya. In the trenches with Ryan Roxy. Hello.